Welcome, welcome. Hello, Jess. How are you? Thank you for joining us on our Outdoor Classrooms Tour and Talk. I'm so excited to be here today, Victoria. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Great. So as we talked earlier, uh, you are the ambassador and owner of the Village Nest Cooperative in yes, Elliott, Maine. Mm -hmm. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about you and how Absolutely. you... Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. So I have been teaching for 20 years. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in early childhood education from Thomas College in Waterville, Maine. I was actually one of the very first graduates from their early childhood education program. Uh, there were three of us that crossed the stage that spring. <laughs> and I still visit my college to talk to students about outdoor education um, I have a big conference with them coming up in the fall, and I'm looking forward to it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, go ahead. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> um, the Village Nest Cooperative actually came out of a need during the pandemic. I was the director of a forest school in Kittery, Maine called Kittery Forest Preschool, which was formerly, formerly Eyes of the World Discovery Center. And the town of Kittery decided to close the program during the pandemic. And I had 50 parents, 50 families that were like, oh, no, what are we going to do for child care now? This is the safest way for us to come back. So I had three months, a whole summer. And um, I was like, well, I guess uh, I'm going to open a program. I had staff with no jobs anymore and families that needed child care. So we just we just did it. Well, wow. I just did it with, with a lot of help, obviously, lots of families committed to the plan, but we called a lot of places uh, to see if we could rent their spaces, finally found a place in Elliott, and in over the course of the summer, we got it going so that everybody could go back to work in September like their bosses wow. were asking them to do. So you were really just thrown into this, just yeah. completely and utterly thrown into it, which I, I think is an amazing story to share that it's anything's possible. So Absolutely. this month we are talking about teaching and learning outdoors and really want to kind of dig into your school and, you know, you were literally thrown into this and, um, and kind of what really makes your school unique to teaching and learning outdoors. Yeah. So I feel, I, I say this a lot to our families, the part of our school that makes it so unique um, to teaching and learning outdoors is that we really focus on the individual needs of the children. And I know a lot of schools say that, you know, we, we are, we focus on what the kids need. That's our number one priority. But our school is committed to that idea. Mm. Our number one curriculum goal and objective is getting children socially and emotionally ready for kindergarten. Mm -hmm. We focus solely on a social and emotional curriculum aside from what they're learning naturally through the forest. Um, and the number two part that I feel really strongly about is that we do emergent curriculum or child-led curriculum. And 
I have to, when parents hear me say that and some other educators as well, they're like, what does that mean? Children are directing their own learning. Hmm. I don't understand. So I've started to describe it as reverse curriculum rather than writing the lesson plans first. We actually do the lesson plans as they come up and then we take the lessons that we did that week and we match the learning objectives to the lessons we did versus writing the lessons with the intent of learning objectives because right. they're they're learning naturally anyways. Yeah. So, and we all know as educators, play is a child's work. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. They learn more through play than they do through us. Yes. Wonderful. Beautiful. So- yeah. If you are listening to our podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we have these outdoor classrooms tours and tour and talks, which means that Jess and I are going to be going through some incredible pictures. Uh, If you want to see the pictures, you can join us in the circle community. And that's where that's our membership community. And you can join (laughs) us over there Um, and they get full access to so much, uh, so much more. But this is one of the features of the membership is to uh, talk about and see these beautiful tour and talks, the actual pictures. So uh, before we get into the pictures, I just want to talk a little bit about your motto, which I absolutely love. Um, (laughs) You have it sort of front and center on your website, which is keep kids muddy. So where did that come from? How did you come up with that? That's just absolutely brilliant to have this motto. Keep kids muddy. So when we first opened, um, we had to write a business plan, right? You know, I wasn't expecting to have to open a business. It wasn't really on my radar yet. I was the director at a school already that had a mission statement and everyone was like, okay, Jess, you got to come up with a mission statement here. And it has to be short, sweet, and really identify your goals. And I thought about it for about two weeks and everyone just kept asking me what's going to be the mission statement we need this business plan we have to do this and I was like I don't (laughs) there's just so many things that I want this school to be and one of my staff um Bashi who's still with me today he said I mean but isn't your goal just to make sure kids can be kids isn't that really what says it all in one sentence. And I was like, yeah, we definitely kids can be kids. We want them to be kids here. We want to bring back early childhood education. That was a huge part of what I wanted. And then I turned around as he was telling me this and a child was jumping into a giant. (laughs) It was like the perfect moment. And I was just so close to this child that I just got covered in my from head to toe it was in my hair it was on my face and I smiled and I said I got it keep kids muddy this is our mission this is what embodies everything I want to say in one statement keep kids muddy that is our mission I just got goosebumps (laughs) and it's been our ongoing joke ever since keep kids muddy that's what we want that's our goal keep them happy comfortable safe and playing ah I just got goosebumps I yeah fantastic (laughs) so fantastic so you shared a little bit about your history now we're going into the pictures just so you know 
yeah. uh, the listeners. Um, share, is there any more about the history that you want to sort of add embellished to your sure. story that we don't, we haven't heard yet? Yeah, absolutely. So it's been three years in September. This coming September will make three years that we've been open. Um, and we're very, very proud of what we've accomplished in three years. Um, so Washington, Washington State is the first state to have um, and their outdoor education licensing rules and regulations, right? And Maine is trying to catch up. We're we're getting there, but through all of this, we couldn't be licensed. Um, so we would get calls from the state saying, "Hey." you know, we still don't know what to do with you. You Eventually you're going to need to get licensed, but we don't know how. And the town of Elliot would be like, hey, we, you know, we know that you're still working on this, but we want you to know it's still on our radar. We have to put you through this process eventually. But nobody could give us like a deadline or what to do. Um, so we've been working on this for three years, ever since wow. we opened. And when I first called the state to be like, hey, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. And we're going to start in September. What what do you need from me? They were like, well, it's the pandemic. We don't even have enough staff. You just do it and we'll get in touch with you eventually. So I was like, great. Okay. So we were just sort of running without any real guidance at all <laughs> other than the fact that I was following the licensing rules and handbook for the state of Maine the whole time and using Washington state's guidelines as well on top of that so recently finally I got to go up to Augusta which is the capital of Maine and talk about our program to the licensors and so I got to talk with them, explain what we're doing. And they were like, okay, we've got to make this happen. Clearly this has to happen. And I was like, great. What do you need from me? So we finally filled out our licensing application for the state of Maine. And we are on track right now to be the first <gasps> fully outdoor program in the state of Maine to be licensed. And we're very excited about that. In in three years of working towards this goal, we are finally seeing progress um it's wow. exciting there are many many people in the state of maine working towards this goal as many states are experiencing child care crises maine is not immune to that there are whole counties in the state of maine that don't have a single child care facility right now it's very sad wow. um so they're working on a lot of great stuff in augusta and this is part of that process. They want to make childcare more accessible and give different um, different perspectives to childcare. What are some alternative ways that we can run a program? And we are one of those alternative ways, which wow. is exciting. Wow. Um, so that's, that's part of our history as well. This is newer part. We're just, my staff is so excited about it. They're like, we're going to be the first at something. And I was like, yeah, we're working on it. We're doing this all together yeah. we work as a team. They're great educators and I'm, I'm blessed to have them on my team. That's incredible. How, yeah. how And then the kids just feel that energy. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just, they feed it, off of everything we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I can feel it. I can feel it here. Yes. Um, so can you describe, now we're going into some beautiful pictures. We have this very, very happy boy next to his miniature garden, it looks oh. like. Can you this describe? A girl, a, 
this is um here one of our students she just built this amazing fairy house this week actually oh wow yeah she is a she's in our micro school program so she's one of our older students and yeah, she actually wait to- measured out these sticks um to put them up it was incredible she did a full lesson with math literacy everything all intertwined in one lesson just building a fairy house and that's another example of our reverse curriculum she wanted to do this and then i gave her some ideas of how we could do it successfully without telling her it was a lesson just like oh i wonder what would happen if we measured these sticks and then they were all the same height do you think it would work better and then from there it just became this very creative lesson um and she met so many objectives with this project that's incredible Incredible. yeah yeah um anything for a school model yeah so really what forest school to me means is we do everything that you would do in a traditional school only we do it outside it's about being prepared taking materials with you making sure that uh things are safe encouraging risky play those that's what forest school is beautiful beautiful and that the part that speaks to me about forest school is that I was actually a formal Montessori teacher before going to forest school. And I've worked in lots of different schools over the years, but specifically in Montessori, we had a lot of students who were neurodivergent mm. at that school. Um, and it was, con- it felt like kids were constantly being kicked out of my classroom. And I, I know a lot of educators that say this, not just about Montessori, but public school, traditional childcare, the expulsion rate for indoor schools is very high, um, especially childcare centers. And it broke my heart a lot. I just couldn't stand it anymore. And when I got into forest school, I started to notice that didn't really happen as much. You know, you can educate differently outdoors in a way that doesn't overstimulate children um so that really forest school for me is a more inclusive way to teach yeah beautiful you you and you say it so eloquently it's so uh it's beautiful so this picture i have to say (laughs) (laughs) there's this beautiful person little person in a hammock (laughs) <laughs> and over the hammock is a very snuggly, um, what do you call it? It's, um, I'm losing my words. It's a sleepy bag. Sleepy bag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're outdoors all day long. Yep. And that includes managing preschoolers napping outdoors. So tell Absolutely. us first about how you're out, how you're managing at being outdoors all day and then getting, getting into the napping. Yeah. So we've had to be very creative about staying outside all day. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. We have um, portable toilets that we bring into the woods with us for bathrooming. We've got backpacks that have, um, incredible organization systems (laughs) to make sure we have everything we need. They get restocked at the end of the day and checked every morning before we go outside. 
we've got sheds in our outdoor classroom that have everything that you could ever think of in them. Um, And one of the most important things is obviously honoring nap time for young children. You have to do it. It's Mm -hmm. they need that rest, especially in outdoor being outdoors all day. They're exhausted by nap time. They have to sleep. Um, so when we were first opening, trying to figure out nap time, I was like, well, hammocks, who doesn't want to nap in a hammock? How cozy is that? I love my camping hammock. When I go camping, that's what I sleep in. And so we reached out to Wise Owl Outfitters about their hammocks. And I mean, I have to say their customer service is incredible. They were like, yeah, we want to help you with this. You know, we're going to send you a discount code buy as many hammocks as you need. And then they were like, also we have these rain flies. And so when it's raining, you could put the rain fly over. And I hadn't even thought about the rain yet. I was just like (laughs) one problem at a time. How are we going to nap outside? I want to do hammocks. Let's figure this out. And they brought it up on the phone when I called them. And I was like, great, I'm going to need 30 (laughs) rain flies and I'm going to need 30 uh hammocks from you guys and they were like great here's your personalized discount code go on pick the colors you want um and we'll send them to you no problem wow so then as the months went on this was in september and we were like okay great september we're covered october we're covered november it started to get chilly and we were like okay we gotta figure out winter now how are we gonna nap in these comfortably in winter so we started calling around and i was like oh okay. One of uh, my employees at the time was like, what about sleeping bags? If we got the double zipper sleeping bags, the ones that zip from the top and the bottom, we could slide them right over these hammocks (laughs) and create like a cocoon situation. And I was like, that's perfect. Amazing. And, and one of our parents had, uh, had an account with Nemo equipment in Portsmouth, which is a local company to us. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm going to call them and see if they have anything They're They're going to love this idea. They love hearing about what people are doing with their products. So we called them and we told them, this is what we want to do. We're really excited about it. And they were like, yeah, we have 30 sleeping bags sitting in storage right now that are all prototypes that we never even used. Oh my goodness. We would love to donate them because it gets them out of our storage and it's a tax write-off for us. And we were like, we will take all 30 of them. (laughs) And so we started setting them up and we, you know, the first few weeks we were like, okay, we've got to fix this. We've got to figure out this. And then we realized, um, you can see where her feet are in this picture. There's a, a, what looks like a tie. Right. That's actually one of those like tarp ties with the the orange ball at the ends Mm -hmm. and it just tightens the end so it stays tight to the hammock and there's one that goes at the head now too we've since realized that you can put one at the top too so it stays really snug um but in this picture this was the first winter we did this um (laughs) and our little friend here she was the first one in her hammock this is actually the very first picture we ever took of a she child so in these cocoons she happy. was so excited <laughs> I, i'm excited i wanted i want to get in one of those hammocks 
Um, <laughs> we've had parents try them out because I'm sure I mean yeah. there's it's just calling your name it's like come yes. relax <laughs> yeah so you know portable water jugs there yeah. there are so many things out there to make this accessible and they're not expensive and usually if you call the company they've got stuff sitting in in storage that they're willing to either sell you at a discounted price or even gift you so that they can get the tax write off for it. We've brilliant. made some incredible partnerships that way. And that's a great message. I'm so glad that you pointed that out because it's it is about partnership. And our next slide yeah. is about your your language that you use and that you are calling yourself a village. Yes. And tell us about that. Where where did that come from? Yeah. So when we were first opening, I knew that I was not going to be able to do this alone. This is a, you know, we're changing, we are changing how people look at education. There was no way I was going to be able to build this school by myself. Mm-hmm. So I really leaned on our families, the families that, that needed this to happen. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this. I know what needs to be done, but I'm going to need help. And, um, we have created a, a community, a family of people. Um, some of these families have been with me uh, for eight years now. They were with wow. me at the forest program I was at before. Some of these kids come back on vacation camp weeks and in the summer. They're so excited to come back to Village Nest and, and see us. Um, and we even have families from out of state who have summer houses in the area that oh, wow. come back. we have a family that's from Brooklyn actually who comes every summer and their kids will tell their school friends in Brooklyn about their their summer camp their camp in the woods is what they call it oh, I love <laughs> yeah. that yeah so we're a village we're a community yeah yeah so you have different programs you mm-hmm. you talked a little bit earlier about the micro school and yeah. so tell us about your programs and the evolution and kind yeah. of all about that. Yeah, so we have three classrooms um, and they're all small classrooms. The maximum amount of kids that we have on any given day is 28. So we've got two preschool programs. The owl classroom is two and a half to three and a half year olds. There's usually around 10 students in that classroom. And then we have our hawks, which are three and a half to four and a half year old classroom. Uh, They're a little bit older, a little bit more independent at that age. And again, 10 students. And then we have uh, a micro school, a small micro school program. When the pandemic was going on, we had a lot of families who were worried about sending their children back to public school um with good reason i mean i don't know how it was in your area victoria but in our area the public schools went back into session and within two weeks they were already sending kids home and doing remote learning because there had already been an outbreak yeah so we had a lot of families who are like this isn't gonna work for me i have to go back to work i can't keep keeping them home and we realized that we could do a homeschool pod. Oh. Um, and when you have a group of children homeschooling together, we found out the name for that is called a micro school. 
a small school essentially. So what a micro school is for us is a K through second grade program. Hmm. Um, and it's an alternative to sending your children to public school. We have some students that only come two days a week for enrichment purposes. We have some students in that program that come full time and we do a portfolio for them, a homeschooling portfolio that a public school teacher then evaluates at the end of the year. And then we have some students that come here and there that, you know, they'll come for a day when they need a break from public Mm -hmm. school and they just drop in. So it's sort of three programs into one classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been amazing to watch that program. It's pretty popular. We hear a lot of feedback about that program and how the students are thriving. And that's actually my classroom. That's the classroom. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so, so here's a few more pictures of the different things that are going on. Can you kind of describe them? Because yeah. So actually the picture of the boy with the cardboard box, he is building a habitat for his animal that he researched. This is a micro school um, program. He is a first grader and one of their projects this year was to build a habitat for an animal that they researched with their families. Mm. So his animal was actually the I.I., which is a type of lemur in Morocco. Um, And he had to build with air dry clay and then paint what the habitat for an I.I. would look like. So in this picture, he's actually adding to the air dry clay. He's building trees for his lemurs to live in. Um, And it's, it was one of my favorite projects <laughs> this year. They, it was ended up being about three weeks for the whole project from start to finish because they, you know, they had to do the research and learn about it. We went to the library together to get books. We figured out what they would need to survive in that habitat. And then we had to build and the building took a few days mm-hmm. and then they had to paint and then add to it. And then they got to add their creatures. So I got them um, ceramic figurines of their creatures. Oh, wow. Put inside their habitats. And then they got to take them home. Um, And this was his final part was adding the trees to his habitat. Yeah. And now the other picture, the two little girls here, they're actually um, making tinder for our fire. So we have fires every Wednesday where we do a cooking project all together, the whole school. And um, each week it's something different and it's usually something that they wouldn't necessarily eat at home. This week we actually did tacos over the fire. But one of the projects that, because they get to um, bring tools into the forest with them and they get to pick from the shed and they do like a little sign out. Uh, one of the projects that they can choose to do is make tinder for the fire. So these girls are using this log and some sticks and graters to make tinder for our fire, for fire starters. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. And they're actually, they're young four-year-olds as well. Yeah, I mean, that's very little. <laughs> yes. Incredible. So again, we're talking about the teaching and learning. You talked a yes. little bit about the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, that you use at Village Nest, and there's this young girl is it, uh, who is hammering. Yes, there's a yep. lot of workshop stuff. It's incredible. 
Yeah. We encourage our students to use tools. Um, part of forest school, a huge part of forest school is risky play, mm-hmm. uh, teaching children to take small calculated risks so that they feel more confident. And a, one of the things that I love to do is using tools. We use hand saws. We use hammers. We I have some more pictures in here. Yeah, absolutely. We've got so many tools that they use on a daily basis. Um, but this was a geode activity, actually. She's smashing a geode. Um, so we had a donation from a family where they had a birthday party and they had all these geodes left over. And so each of the students got to crack open their own geode and bring crystals home with them. Um, So part of the curriculum for tool use is that a tool is not a toy and we have to be safe with them. So when they're using tools, you'll see they're always wearing safety goggles. Mm -hmm. And if it's a tool that could hurt their hands, we actually have kinko work gloves that they wear that are child size um and they wear their little gloves they make sure that they're being very safe with it and they know that this is a treat like this is not something that they can just wander off with the hammer and do by themselves um we actually do a lot of whittling with fixed peelers Mm. so not the ones that spin around but the ones that are just like the old school peelers yeah we we allow them to use those to whittle sticks and make arrows for bows and arrows. Um, and there's any, any type of of, tools. And lots of different activities. I see we have, um, the loom here and making potholders and and kites Mm -hmm. look like they might've been handmade. I'm guessing. Oh yes. They made those (laughs) themselves. (laughs) That's incredible. Actually with, with the kites, we found out, I don't know if you know this, but you can actually get uh, hot glue guns that are battery powered now. Wow. So the kites, we had to use a hot glue gun and the kids got to use, wear their gloves and their eye protection and hot glue their kites together and oh, decorate them. And how old were they? What? How old were the kids that were using them? These students are both four. That's incredible. Yep. And they're using hot glue guns. And yes. Different- and safely. And safely. Incredible. Yes, I mean, it's highly teacher supervised, but they yeah. are doing it themselves. We are not hovering. We're not doing it for them. They do these things safely. And you teach them how to do it before they, before yeah. there's a whole lesson. And then, they, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I point out my safety goggles and my gloves yeah. when I'm doing it. And then I, I actually show them how to do it myself first and then I let them take turns doing it yeah. from there. And they watch each other too. That's incredible. Yeah. So again, the big question, you know, teaching and learning and they're learning so much. And so just even from being in the forest, what are you finding that they, kids are learning? What are they taking away from your program? Why are they coming to your program as opposed to a different program? Because they're not that many programs. <laughs> like yeah. you said earlier. But what would you For say? Sure. Again, here's some more pictures of, them sawing yep these are actually full-size hand saws that they are using in these pictures so they're learning confidence yeah they're learning how to communicate they're learning cooperative play um math science 
social studies. We talk about history a lot, compassion for the environment. They're learning all sorts of things every day. Anything you would learn in a traditional setting, they're learning, but they're learning it differently. They're just learning it in a way that's more organic to them. I I love that you just, just, it's you, what the first word you said was confidence. And I just, because if you have confidence, you there's the world is your oyster. Yes. And that is a hard thing. I think because I think with young children, we're constantly saying, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're afraid the adults are afraid so especially for outdoors that they many adults would not even consider something sharp or risk or yeah so I teach my staff and this is something that I'm famous for saying to them instead of saying no why don't you say yes and I'm going to show you how to do it Mm -hmm. that way we're not saying no all the time we are teaching them how to safely do it themselves yeah brilliant yeah. So you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, when you had the, uh, just the wet winter arrived and then we had to oh. reconsider. Mm-hmm. So do your outdoor space, obviously they inspire wonder and curiosity. Do you add different things like the tools to your outdoor spaces? Any mm-hmm. other elements that you add to inspire sure. curiosity and wonder? Yeah, actually, I mean, it's so funny. When I hear curiosity and wonder, I always think of Rachel Car- Carson's yeah. book, A Sense of Wonder, um, which my college professor made us read. It was a huge <laughs> part of our curriculum was the sense of wonder. And um, actually, Rachel Carson grew up in Maine. And oh. we have several preserves named after her, especially in Wells, uh, very close by. The Lot Home Reserve is uh, Rachel Carson's, essentially her homestead that she grew up in. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always think of a sense of wonder for early child care and what that means. So, yes, we add things all the time. We have cars and trucks that they play with and we've got open art center and we have, you know, literally everything that you would have in a traditional indoor school. We have those things. We just bring them out of our sheds for them. And the kids ask for them. They'll be like, Hey, today we're interested in doing puzzles. Could you take the puzzles out and we'll take out the bin of puzzles. And we have a storage unit that we keep the extras in and then we'll switch them out periodically. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I want to do blocks today or Legos. We just bring them outside. Yeah. So even though you're in the woods, Yep. You, we just got all that. Outside. That's okay. Yep. That's yep. fantastic. Yep. So <laughs> I kind of love this slide because it's uh, the words are, how do you handle bad weather? And then you've got two kids sliding down a hill on a sled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, so it, it goes to, so we're, we're two like, minds. Yes. It's like, there, there's no such thing as bad weather. I'm just guessing, bad clothing, just bad clothing. And in every <laughs> single slide here, you mm-hmm. should know if you're just listening that these kids are dressed to impress. I have to say, yes. um, they yep. are very well dressed. Yeah. So how do you manage that? How it's it's yep. how do you manage the gear? Again, this goes back to our village and community and reaching out, making those connections. 
Um, we have a scholarship program through Helly Hansen um, where we order rain suits through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have a program through Oki Wear where we order rain suits, rain boots, um, rain mittens either. We have also another relationship with Stons Outdoor Gear. Their mittens are far superior to any other mittens in my opinion. Um, but just making those connections with outdoor mm-hmm. companies because they want to help. They really do. Yeah. I mean, it's huge exposure for them. When we post something on Instagram or Facebook, we tag them, you mm-hmm. know, and then other families that see that photo, they can say, oh, wait, that company makes those mittens. Amazing. I want those. It helps them yeah. that we use their gear. And I mean, we get a discount, but they're still making money off of their product. Mm-hmm. It gets their name out there. It helps them. And it's also good quality gear that keeps the kids safe because yeah. safety is our number one. Yeah, you got to be safe out there. So, I mean, in the winter, wool, everything has to be wool or synthetic layers. Mm-hmm. We do not mm-hmm. allow cotton. It's in our parent handbook, in our staff handbook, in the welcome packet that I send out to parents is get rid of all of the cotton. Yeah. It can't come to school, not even in the summer. Cotton is dangerous. It creates wetness and then you stay wet and you get cold. And then in the summer, it doesn't dry. You get rashes from it. Mm. So wool, synthetic layers, moisture wicking fabric is our best friend all the time. That's great. Um, So yeah, it's forming those partnerships with outdoor companies. Rima has a great scholarship program. We also have some local stores that we work with as well. Um, the Kittery Trading Post, Kit Supplying Company, right in Kittery. It's a smaller. Mm-hmm. And um, the we've been collaborating with the shop. Out- outdoor school shop. Yeah. 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 They also, they'll offer a full website of all of your gear. You can handpick for your school what you want your students to have. And they offer direct discounts to the families. Yeah. So it's just about making those connections and getting families involved and making sure that they understand very clearly. It's not, it's not that we are trying to be aggressive, but like we're trying to keep your child safe. And in order for this program to work, they have to be in good quality gear. So yeah. 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 We have a whole, uh, podcast on that just that yeah here uh, because it, it it goes back to what you were saying about confidence mm-hmm. it's it, it it gives children confidence that they're comfortable mm-hmm. they're safe yep. they're all of these things so they can just be themselves mm-hmm. which is such yeah. a and and that costs money i think the quality you pay for what you get yeah so there there is a cost there but that there's all these creative ways to to work with that with these companies there is for sure so are there any other specific learning things that we didn't talk about? These, you've got these learning areas. You've got this incredible water. I mean, your woods look incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're incredibly fortunate. So we're at a farm and homestead um, in Elliott. We rent from them and they have 10 acres of beautiful, wow. beautiful land. Um, and it's a, you know, we have a part partly a field, but then we have 10 acres of forest, but it's incredible. 
Um, and I guess the outdoor learning part, the thing that draws me personally is learning about nature. Mm-hmm. Um, we do some edible um, experiences. We love making beech leaf spring rolls in the spring. Um, dandelion lemonade is a huge hit every summer. We, we make it right in a sun tea pitcher. Um, lilac lemonade was another favorite last summer. Just have fun. We, you know, we get to learn about it too. We are constantly learning because they're going to ask questions and you might not know. And that's another thing. Um, what I love being able to tell the children that I don't know something. Yeah. I'm not sure, but you know what? I'm going to get back to you about that. I'm going to think on it. I'm going to do some research and I'll get back to you about it. Um, and really just be prepared because you never know what you're going to find. We got to do an entire unexpected unit this year on, um, deer skeletons. We found an entire deer skeleton in the woods (laughs) and, of course, immediately everybody wanted to touch it. And I was like, don't, 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 don't do that. And then I learned you can just soak it in hydrogen peroxide for 24 hours and it's safe. So I brought it all home in wow. a big bin and I soaked it all in so much hydrogen peroxide. And I brought it back in and it was all clean. And, and we got to look at it with magnifying glasses. And part of that project, we measured all the bones for math, counted how many that they were there were we found out that there were actually missing bones because deers have deer has the X amount of bones. We found out by doing simple math, how many bones were missing. Um, and then we also got to write about it in our nature journal. So they all got to write stories. Our prompt for the day was what do you think happened to this deer? And they each got to write about it in their journal. And even the preschoolers, participated Mm -hmm. they drew the pictures and then they dictated to their teacher what they thought happened and we wrote it down for them so it's just about having fun and not going into the day with a lot of expectations yeah because you don't know you never know so we we talked about yes it's incredible it's it you don't know and i think that's such a wonderful philosophy and it keeps you alive and I can feel it like I can feel yeah. feel it so we we talked a bit about gear this I love the love love this picture there's a picture here of yeah. a, a kiddo walking through a creek and uh, with water all the way up to uh the knees it's just yes. just fantastic and just the- she was searching for frogs that day I'm I- <laughs> she was Searching, 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 <laughs> searching, searching. So is there anything else you'd like to add? I could talk to you all day long. This is just <laughs> so inspiring and um, your energy is phenomenal. I just want to tip my hat off to you and say thank you for your work and um, and yeah. what you're doing because you're you're creating these incredible memories for these children and it's um, you're yeah. facil- facilitating those memories. So a- anything else you want to add? I think the biggest thing I want to add, ask questions. Like Mm. if you are thinking about this or if you're wondering more about our program, send me an email, 
send somebody who you know is in this field an email. We, the majority of the people that I have met in this field doing this specific thing, outdoor education, they want to talk to you about it. They want to help you. We want to see more programs like this. It is so beneficial to the students and we've seen it. Most of us are veterans. We've been mm-hmm. teaching for decades. I mean, one of the members of my staff, she's been teaching for 30 years now. She just found forest school this year and she's never leaving. Yeah. She point blank told me in her evaluation <laughs> two weeks ago, you can't make me leave. I'm never going anywhere else. I'm here for the rest of my life. And oh. I was like, okay, well, that's great. <laughs> but truly, we want to see these programs succeed yeah. and we want to help. So call us, text us, email us. We're we're here. We want to help you get scholarship programs for the gear. We want to help you find those connections as well. And we usually have the resources and we're happy to help. There's plenty of room for more programs like this. There's a desperate need for childcare right now. Fantastic. So we're ready to help you just reach out. Terrific. Terrific. So reach out. Next slide is where we can find you. So you're an Elliot uh, Elliot Maine. Yes. Uh, and your we have your email here. Absolutely. And if you email me, I will respond usually within 24 hours because I love to talk about my school. <laughs> and if, for those that are not in the membership and need, uh, it's Jess at Village. Is it Village N? Village Nest. Oh, Village Nest. I'm sorry. Village yep. Nest Cooperative. My eyes got a little tricky on me. <laughs> villagenestcooperative.com. Yes. And it's absolutely. just, and uh, absolutely. And we'd love to invite you also. Many of our guests are coming on to, into our circle community. We'd love to have you as a guest to come to one of our live sessions and chat some absolutely. more. So yeah. thank you again. Thank you for having me, Victoria. This has been so fun collaborating on this project with you. <laughs> so fun. Thank you. Let me just... Okay, 